For more than 30 years, Master Shi Hang Yi has been studying and practicing the interaction between mind and body. His strength is the ability to smoothly combine his knowledge with physical exercises and to practice martial arts, kung fu, and qigong. He has an academic background, but he prefers to live at the Shaolin Temple Europe Monastery, located in Otterberg, Germany. Since 2010, he has been taking care of the settlement, and he personifies sustainable development and spreading Shaolin culture and philosophy. Master Shi Heng Yi, welcome to the Creative Process and One Planet podcast. Thank you very much for the invitation. So why did you decide to devote your life to founding Shaolin Temple Europe and sharing this wisdom and practice that's so beneficial? Tell us about that journey. It was due to my father's decision that I had the chance with the age of four years old to just get to know uh, the Shaolin Kung Fu, so meaning the practice of the martial arts. And in the very beginning for me, it was just about the, the physical activity, learning different abilities and learning different skills that you are developing with the body. So in, in that age, it was definitely not my, my conscious choice that I one day will, will follow up and try to bring all of these methods to a wider audience and also make it available here to the European people. So, and because I had this opportunity to grow up on the one side, uh, main part of my life here in Germany and in Europe, which means that I got to understand the European mentality. I got to understand the way of thinking and also the things that are driving the people on in this society nowadays. And at the same time, I was learning about all these ancient traditions and these ancient methods that are supposed to, first of all, develop you mentally, but also physically. And after spending so many years with these type of practices, I just felt for myself that I feel healthy, I feel vital, yeah, my mind is balanced. I really don't have too many issues that I would say. And therefore I thought, okay, that might all of this might really come from the constant and regular practice that I was spending my time on. And seeing also my students or also my friends that grew up with me in my closer surroundings, I also realized that uh, they have quite a lot of issues that um, I, in a way, didn't have. And so my, the process started that I was observing more. So why, why would it be like this? Or why, what could be the cause for many of these people to get out of, to get out of balance so quickly? And then also not being able to recover themselves so fast anymore. And this was then the point where I said, okay, the chances are very, very high that this is the result of the constant practice of on the one side learning about the way of life, what the Shaolin Temple offers, and also together, and this is now very, very important, it is the practices 
it is the practices, so meaning it is the doing part of all of these Shaolin arts. And of course, every tradition, every school, every monastery on the one side has theoretical knowledge that it uh, tries to share. But exactly this idea of theoretical knowledge or that you are that you can live this life just by reading books and trying to collect more information, collecting more knowledge. It is an important part, but it is in the most, in the, in the best case, this is only half of it or 50%. And the nice saying is that the way how this life is expressing itself to you and the way how you are perceiving this lifetime is not based only on what you intellectually know and what you have intellectually understood, but it is especially what have you put into practice from what you know, which means ultimately it's always the action, only the action is starting to change your life and action is going to give you. We're working a lot with university students and younger. And so many of them say to me, because I'm an artist, so I learn by doing. And so many of them say to me, they don't remember what they learned at school. Like they even they did very well in school, but they don't remember so many years they spent because it wasn't enough doing. There's a pleasure in doing. And it's in not just in the mind, you know it, it's in the body and it doesn't leave you because then you have the muscle memory. It's not just staying up here because I think when it stays up here, you can, you can forget. It's about passing a test, but it's not about real knowledge. Yeah, and so this was actually the initial starting point where I said, it makes sense to bring all this knowledge that the Shaolin Temple is able to offer, to just bring this to a wider audience and especially also to try and translate these ancient teachings, which are, uh, are originating from Asia, to also translate them into a language that European people understand, because this is also important. Sometimes the teachings are, are defined or are using some pictures that are working for certain cultural identities or certain cultural backgrounds that are living in this type of thinking. But when you are trying to export something like this, then it's also important to find that balance and translate it into a language that people understand. And this was the main goal, why a few people decided that, yes, let's start, build up this organization, let's make it available for more people. Well, you've done such a, a wonderful job at that because saying it, that you're making it simple, you know, simplicity can be hard, particularly as you say, you're making it available to people who didn't have that opportunity like you to learn it when you were very young, who have no uh, foundation. I'm curious, well, what I feel is it must be, it's like, I feel like it's a challenge. Like one of the great challenges in life is how through maturity uh, and experiences, we can maintain our innocence, uh, what some called the uncarved block. And so I wonder how you in your mastery of the mental qualities and physical abilities and becoming a, a master still remain open to learning at the same time as you teach. 
many people address me as master, but um, normally this is how people are addressing me. Mastery is just the beginning. It's not like that mastery or to be a master, what we call it nowadays, is something that is the end goal. Why sometimes in these traditions we are calling other people or we are defining other people as masters is because after watching them living their life for quite some time, you can see how such a person behaves. You can see how such a person is like doing his work. You can see how such a person is treating other people and also how such a person is treating himself. And all of these things together, they bring up this image, this idea that there is some type of control that this person has taken over his own life. So when we say, yes, he is now a master, then it only means that after observing this person for such a long time, this person has some qualities that from this day on now, he still needs to cultivate into the future and use these different principles like being determined, like staying disciplined, like when you say something, afterwards you also must do what you say. When you start a practice, then you go through this practice not because and not only if you're in the mood to do these things no because you have understood that if you want to develop something inside of your lifetime it doesn't matter now if it is something physical or if it is something mental in order to make something grow you need to nourish it and if you want to become a good martial artist if you want to become skillful in what you are practicing there, then it means you need to train every day, you need to have a structure, you need to have um, a system, you need to have the proper methods, and then you need to have this persistence to stay with one thing no matter what. And this is a type of quality that normally what we call a master is expressing. But now all of this was just in regards to the field of the martial arts, what the Shaolin Temple is very famous for. But after you have expressed that you are able to discipline yourself and also attain certain skills with the body, now if you want to go out and do something else and become good in, in any other area, the principle how to reach that goal is the same. And this is actually what this mastership and this mastery refers to. And now I think since this last TEDx talk, which was, in two, which was two years ago or something like this, yeah, that was like the first time I somehow introduced this word self-mastery. And what I want to express with that is simply this. If you would ask any person in this world to take a choice between two different ways of life. On the one way, you are living a very, very pleasant life. You like what you do. You like to wake up. 
you like to live this life actually because you're considering it as a pleasant life or the second choice would be um, you wake up you don't want to wake up uh, you you wake up and already you feel like this day you just want to stay in bed so you find no pleasure in life you only are sad you're only angry you're only having stress the whole day long so between those two options now which of these would you choose and it is my assumption even if we are not supposed to take too many assumptions but the answer would be very very clear that actually eight billion people that we have at the moment in this world i'm pretty sure if they are clear-minded they would all take the same decision of course to have this pleasant life so to make it short what does it mean it means that eight billion humans at the moment they know if you ask them what do you want they know what they want and it's not about possessions i like to see the positive even with this pandemic and and it's made a lot of us reflect a lot of people realize what is important to them it's not possessions it's their health their family they started to look and appreciate it people nurses the garbage collectors teachers all the kinds of people they didn't appreciate as much before it's a pleasant life not the possessions that we sometimes forget i love also in your videos is that you have a great sense of humor and i feel like sometimes people have this thought about buddhism or, or shaolin or the different ways of spiritual paths and sometimes they think it's uh very serious but you have a wonderful sense of humor that is a great teacher and i think that that's also a thing it's a sense of joy when someone is a master all those hours, of course, as you give honor to the practice and discipline is there, but then you can do it with a sense of joy that you communicate very easily. It's just a, a pleasure to watch. It's new and refreshing for us to experience. When I was born, I was not born as a monk, let's say. I was also not born as a master. And I was not born to be somebody serious. And I was also not born to only be somebody uh who's making jokes all the time so there are many different faces that a human can take in this lifetime and ultimately if somebody is saying he's on a spiritual journey or whatever journey he's on but if you take yourself and you take um yeah, if you take yourself too seriously then somewhere along this line i think you're missing the point yeah, which means that, yes, structure somewhere is important and to be disciplined is somewhere it's important, but it only serves a purpose. To have a structure just because of structure, no, that doesn't make sense. To have rules just to live for the rules, no, that doesn't make sense. So sometimes we're expressing this as yin and yang. You need to have the balance. And on the one side, we have the freedom. On the other side, you have the restrictions. And it is up to you now to find a way for yourself. What type of perspective towards life do you have? And can you put yourself in that is incorporating both of these aspects? So it's not about only, life is not just only about freedom. 
at the same time, life is also not only about restricting yourself and only doing serious things. It is the balance of those two and especially your own individual way of perception. How can you find a way that all of these things can exist in your worldview without um, bringing you out of balance? And this can only mean that sometimes you're funny, sometimes you're not funny, yeah? sometimes you're deadly serious. But there is, yeah, things are changing. And so sometimes you, it's the right time to be funny and sometimes it's the wrong time to be funny. Sometimes it is necessary for serious talking and sometimes it's necessary just to be a little bit more at ease and don't push too hard on things. So it is about your sense of what what can be your contribution at this moment to remain in balance? Yes, and I think often of what the Native American uh, chief sitting bull, he said, we have to embrace, as you say, these contradictions as well, even as we want to move towards the light, he said, uh, inside of me, there are two dogs, one is mean and evil, and the other is good, and they fight each other all the time. And you have to let uh, sometimes one or the other, other win, but even as we move towards the light. So different cultures, I think, have always created their own words and their own concepts and their own theories and their own way of how to express something. But there are a lot of similarities at the end. There is only this life at the moment. It doesn't matter how many words we are choosing and how many pictures we are painting you still at the moment have this one life and even if somebody is not at all interested in any type of spiritual development or any religious education or at the end of all of this why am i why is our organization trying to share this knowledge for what have all these religions and things have been created? Well, on the one side, of course, some people use it as uh, political instruments. This is another story. But ultimately, it is about making the best of the lifetime that you have at the moment, because it has nothing to do with belief that our grand-grandparents, they are not alive anymore. Some of our parents nowadays well, some of us are lucky and still have the parents, but other ones, we also have lost our parents already. So that means it's just a question of time until also your time uh, is over. And that means the realization that this lifetime, as you know it at the moment, it's limited. So in a way, it's your obligation to take care of the body, which is in a way like the vehicle transporting you through this lifetime and making the creativity and the imaginations and the dreams that you have created in the mind. To give it a vehicle to bring it here on earth and manifest it and making it real. Because the dreaming, the expectation, everything that we create in the mind, yes, is mind-made. It's mind-made, it's not manifested. It's not yet a part of this earth. It's just a part of you 
of the heavenly part, sometimes we call it like this. Yeah, and you are in between. You are the human, the human between heaven and earth. So receiving the inspiration from the heaven and finding a way with your body and with your mind to bring it back here on earth and make your dream life come true. This is something to spend a lifetime on. And yeah. That's a beautiful way to express it and to see also, because we tend, the West, you know, the Western concept is often about separating mind and body, your nature and civilization, as it is called by some, and um, so much dichotomy. Uh, and we really want to bring it and I, you want to bring it together and unify it. So almost there is no thinking, just endless communication without separation. So for those, and as you say, many of us have this issue where we're living so much in our head, our head is not communicating with our body, they're separate. For those who might be considering going along the path, uh, the, the Shaolin path, maybe would like to study with you, maybe distantly at the moment, because things are difficult, even though they're opening up. What are some of those tools and practices that you practice every day that give a good foundation? So even if it sounds at the moment a little bit religious, but if you are getting into, just getting to know what actually is this Buddhism, which is supposed to be the foundation of every monastery. Yeah. The Shaolin temple is in the core. First of all, it's a Buddhist monastery. And when you are starting to read about Buddhism, one of the key sentences in the beginning is, with your thoughts, you are creating the world. So it's very, very clearly stated that it is the thoughts that are creating the world. Nevertheless, if you are now looking at the practices that the Shaolin Temple, for example, offers, that is quite physical. There is a lot of physicality in there. So you might think, yeah, but why are you saying that with the thoughts will you create the world, but now you have so many different physical activities? It is because If you want to have mental freedom, if you want to approach freedom, you cannot just approach freedom by doing things or by trying to chase freedom. The freedom that we are looking for is that type of freedom that is derived and that is very, very close related from its counterpart, which is the very hard restriction or the very hard structure. So if you want to experience what freedom is, you are looking at the restrictions of your lifetime. And if you want to access your mind, which is something very non-physical, let's say, how do we access the mind? By dealing with the very, very physical aspect about this lifetime. Because only by approaching both of these areas, you can get into harmony. And the, today's problem a little bit is that there are a lot of 
um, mental philosophies, mental concepts and ways of life out there, which all are supposed to make you free. But then people try to access this freedom by also just directly trying to get into the mental states of it. But you can't, yeah, you cannot. You need to, or it, let's say like this, it is our approach that you want mental freedom. Okay, you deal with the physical, you deal with the body. And uh, the modern science nowadays also is expressing it in such a way that we have the so-called <coughs> psychosomatic problems, yes? So depending on how your mental state is, it's very possible that your physical body uh, is, is getting some, some impact by the way of how you are cultivating the mind. And for us, it's also now just the other way around. So by treating your body in a certain way, you are accessing areas of the mind. And therefore, it is very, very, very important that when you are interested in the Shaolin arts, into the Shaolin practices, it has to do with some type of investment, which means investment into your body, investment into sweating sometimes, very, very basically, so very physical aspects of it. First of all, make your body become strong, make your body become vital invest time to build up a strong vehicle that is able to carry out the commands that later on you want to give to your vehicle where to go and where to drive and what to do and how to perform but we need this body first of all because the only reason why many people nowadays can you can study and care about the mental development and care about enlightenment and care about any type of spiritual practices. The reason why people can do this is because your body is still functional. Because your body is not giving you problems. That's why our mind can create so many different ways and things to care about and why we have so many different problems, which color I should choose and which car should I buy? And in which country should I travel? All of these choices, all of these small issues, we can only have because our body is in still a good shape. Because in the moment where your physicality falls apart, you don't have problems anymore caring about what color or what you are going to eat because the only problem you are still going to remain with is how do I get my body healthy again? So, and therefore it's the very, very clear message right now. Take more care about your body. Master Shi Heng Yi is a living testament that to live a pleasant life, we must find a balance and harmony between the mind, body, and spirit. That to live a pleasant life, we must not only master this balance and harmony, but keep practicing that as we continue to live. And I think that it's so true. And I believe that people are waking up to it. 
I feel like if we just really respect one is the natural world, but one is the, the nature inside ourselves and just let nature take its part. It, so much happens when we get in the way of the nature or the chi. And you can just see how we repair ourselves even when we sleep. It's happening on an unconscious level. You, your dreams will tell you your answers. And the same thing with the body. If you just focus, you have your body's healthy. Don't try to force things that it can do itself. And so I personally, and I'm sure you do, get a lot of inspiration from nature because animals or water or anything, and you just see how everything flows so beautifully in nature with not so much thinking, just allowing nature to be. Yes, that is, of course, uh, really, really true. So this is also the reason why Buddhism, in the way how I share it personally, and I also share it in terms of our organization, is first of all to tell you, you do not need to change any of your belief systems in case that someone already has one. Because Buddhism is not conflicting with any of other belief systems which are existing out there because the way how we try to share these things is that Buddhism is a method. Buddhism is not about just knowing it. Buddhism is a method which means you need to use it. You need to practice it. And what will these methods, what will the practice bring you? And Therefore, we say Buddhism, it is a method that helps you to see things more clear. And exactly this expression, see things more clear. And oh, what's the benefit of seeing things more clear? It's because all of our life, the way how each individual at the moment is the way how he is right now is because of all the decisions that he has taken for himself in this lifetime. So how a life turns out to be is based on the decisions that you have taken until right now. And that means the better your decisions, the more clear you are able to take decisions, the, the higher are the chances that you are going to end up where you would like to end up. And this is very much dependent exactly on this view of you need to see very, very clear where are you standing? And just as an expression, let's say you are, you are standing somewhere in Greece right now. Yeah, you are located in Greece and now somebody is asking you, so I want to go to New York. Where do I have to go? Well, if you don't know where you are standing, how can you say that you have to travel east? That means if you don't know your initial starting point, it becomes extremely difficult for anyone to just show you and tell you, you can only start to give a direction if you know where you are standing from the starting point. And this means also, that means you need to look at yourself. You need to sometimes get out of yourself, meaning observe yourself, observe what is beneficial for your life, observe the, your own behavior, what is destroying yourself. That means also Nowadays, very often we look out and look for new methods. So what can I do? What can I do? What can I learn? What can I practice more in order to benefit my life? Yes, this is already, let's say, the second part of the approach, how to transform yourself. 
the first approach is that it's not about you need to do something. The first part of your transformation is to observe yourself and see what is it about yourself that you need to undo. It's not about doing, it's about undoing. Undoing means that before you look for new methods, first of all, clean yourself up in such a way that you are leaving away everything that is already harming you right now. So it's not about learning something you know, it is about leave away, remove from your life what you already know for yourself at this moment. This is not good. That can mean don't play too much video games. That can mean don't exaggerate with the alcohol. That can mean don't exaggerate with, uh, with your sex life. That can mean don't exaggerate with, uh, with the tobacco. Yeah? There are many, many different things. And this would be something very, very simple that everybody is able to take in your own hands. Because already here will happen the first stage where it will simply show if you can handle it or not. Yeah, so the practical approach would really be right now, just as a tip, try for seven days and then afterwards maybe even try for one month. Just leave away the stuff that you already know it's harmful for you. That's the beginning. If you get rid of the clutter, we have all that potential within us. Just look at the young child, a light literally you can see like light beams from them because they have not complicated themselves even though we're mature and we have all these experiences we can get back to that inner light I'm wondering you're speaking about finding that source and um, pure consciousness I'm wondering what you feel about the natural world does the natural world have uh, consciousness how can we also tap into that more because now it's cop 26 and we see everything that's happening in the world in terms of climate change and everything but what are your reflections on that in regards to your question what does it mean what do i consider for example as like the natural life now let's let's try to make it simple um like this so on the one side I strongly trust that every human being has something and has the ability that with the way how you treat the mind, with the way how you are working with your words and with the way what you are doing, how you are behaving and what action you are actually also then expressing with the body, you have quite a huge impact on how your life is going to turn out. So the first message is you have your life in your hands. You have a big part of your life you have in your hands. But then now comes the second part where I say, but there's also something else which absolutely lies not in your hands and where we humans have no influence on. And sometimes you might call it, it is the cause of nature or it is the flow of life or it is just the way or it's yeah, there are many different expressions of it and that means how do you know 
if you are finding yourself in the flow of life, if you are in harmony with the nature. You know, because what you are doing, what you are thinking is somehow, it feels that it is aligned with the rest of what you are surrounded with. Yeah, that means sometimes you say about yourself, so I have studied one time, I have studied two times, I have made a lot of different professional trainings more. So, so that means you, are, you have a very good education. Yeah, I am working 14 hours a day. I am extremely focused, but still with all of these things, somehow I just don't succeed in this area. So you have all the skills, you have all the knowledge, you have made all the work. So actually now, yeah, where is the success? But for some people, the success is still not coming. So why not? And there is just a simple, simple idea or the simple thought that I would like to share that especially in such cases, then we, we tend to ask, I am doing so much, why don't I deserve what I am working for? Why I don't deserve this woman? Why I don't deserve this man? Why I don't deserve this job? Well, maybe that is simply the wrong question because here now comes the point with the nature that I think another way of looking at the situation is to ask, what better plan does the nature maybe have for me? So it is not about this nature, it's not granting you the success in what you're doing there. Yes, it is granting you success, but not in that area that you think you want to have. Also, you, you don't end up with that specific person in a relationship, not because you don't deserve this person, no but maybe because you are deserving somebody better. Yeah. And that means sometimes to listen, to listen maybe, could it be that things are at the moment unharmonic, that you feel disbalanced, that you feel disencouraged, maybe this is a sign. And then to look for, are there other opportunities that at the moment are actually open, but you just don't see them, or you see them, but you don't take them. Why? Because you're still hanging onto your own idea and onto your own expectation, what you think how your life should look like. Yeah, but to be honest, we are 8 billion people on the earth. This earth is embedded in a quite bigger constellation of other stars then you have other galaxies, then it's quite big. And so why should this nature care about that one individual expectation of a human being? Uh, this is maybe just the wrong view. And an alternative view is simply to be open the mind, open the heart, and try to receive and see what opportunity this life is giving you. And when this life gives you a chance and you see that this opportunity is there, well, if life offers you something, you should take it. 
And if this life or this nature is taking something away from you, then you need to learn to let go. You are in the flow. It's so true. And sometimes when we're in the middle of the struggle, we're in the middle of the path, you know, the ends of their careers, when they really look back at their life, they say, oh, gosh, when those years when I was a starving poet or when I didn't know how how good it was. And I'm thinking now of this poet who I just interviewed. He says, when you're at the end of the book, that's really when you have nothing. You've used it all. It all went into the book. So maybe we don't want to really get to the end exactly because the struggle is the when we are growing. We don't want to stop growing. We don't want to put an end to the struggle because that's when we're really learning. When you were learning, you speak about teachers, you speak about masters. Who were some of those important teachers for you? And, and what were you like when you were younger? You know, what were some of the the obstacles or the things that the blockages that that you overcame so one very very important thing to overcome in general is your own ideas your own ideas of something in the moment where you are regarding someone else as being your teacher or even in the moment where you are opening up yourself and you really want to receive and learn well then it is something that we call in our traditions you need to be able to empty your cup you cannot go to another master you cannot ask for another teacher to give you new knowledge but you are arriving there and you're already full so that means it doesn't matter how much time your teacher your master spends time with you nothing is going to enter inside of you as long as your cup is still full and that means learn to let go of your own ideas sometimes and be open and listen to what the teachers and what the masters have to offer you well and in my martial art training in my martial art development let's say i had many many different people many different masters that i learned from some of them uh, like official masters that i really followed for quite some time but also it's even enough for me to sometimes see people and to realize that I don't maybe call them master, but inside of myself, I can see that they possess something that I can learn still something from. So it is not the most traditional way and I would maybe not address them as masters, but still without them, quite a lot of, quite a lot of things would have been missing. And that means yeah, most of the times when I also grew up, I was always actually surrounded with people that always, no matter in which area, they had more experience. And that means most of them were also older in age. So when I grew up, most of my, my friends, most of the people I was surrounded with, they were at least 10 years older than me. So that was in a way somehow challenging because uh, you always enter in, in this type of circle and you already know that you are in the beginning the weakest, the weakest with the least knowledge. Yeah, but this is the one side. If you focus on your weakness and you get depressed because of this, well, then this is nothing maybe for you to go. But the opportunity because you realize this is your weakness. This is what is restricting you at the moment. Because you have realized the restriction, now suddenly 
arises your view what possibilities are at the same time now are opening up for you and then you just need to learn and take it yeah, and, and practice and take it and so maybe in the last in the last months and in the last year also i had in the martial art area if some people maybe follow me yeah, then you have realized that yeah, i have contact with quite a lot of very very high skilled martial artists because they all have something very very special and there is also in the shaolin temple or in the martial art society there is the saying you do not learn kung fu in one lifetime it's not enough it's too big this area and this is exactly how i see also all the other teachers and masters around me everybody has very very specific a specific skill set but ultimately it's then just up to you also to decide so and how do what do you want to do in this lifetime as what do you see yourself in this lifetime as what do you like to be remembered in this lifetime and therefore then develop yourself in this direction and yes and most recently i found for myself also a very close contact of a master he's a very very famous master with a very very high reputation from taiwan and i'm really happy that for this moment now i can regard him as being uh, my teacher and sharing with me many different things that are simply so valuable but before these things i am able to share out there's also one very important rule to keep and which is stop sharing things to the world if you don't possess them yeah and this can be now really understood in many many different areas stop sharing things if you don't have them because this saves a lot of confusion and makes life for many people and also for yourself easier and so that means yes first learn get the knowledge but afterwards practice and then the future will show when you practice enough when the skills start to arise and when then also your teacher says okay now you're ready also to keep sharing it then it's the right time and then i think this society will have huge huge benefits the more dedicated people will be there right now who do use these practices that some of them are more than 5000 years old and practice them until you have it and afterwards bring it out to the people that need it it is that contradiction because on the one hand we're very grateful for you sharing the foundations with people who don't necessarily have that base that you have uh, so we have to appreciate that and things that were more it's kind of secret you know a lot of people wouldn't have the access or can't go to the mountains so we really res respect and are grateful for that it does remind me of that old saying they said those who say do not know and those who do do not say i must maybe perhaps be a little annoying for you when you see people who are saying and they don't know but they're spreading awareness so we can appreciate that part i think that an obstacle for people who are just starting out is this there's a fear there's a fear of the unknown a fear of pain i mean how do you or how have you personally moved beyond that or do you learn to love the pain or the the difficulty in the beginning you just need to think about 
one thing in your lifetime that you are very, very proud of. Doesn't matter what it is. And then you just ask yourself, how did you get it? So what is it you're proud of at the moment, either about yourself or something that you have retained in this lifetime? And I'm almost sure that many of these things that you are proud of, they did not come from one day to another. And also they did not come somehow easily. So most of the times when somebody is giving you a present that you're just like putting somewhere on the desk, this is nothing that to be proud of. To be proud of is something where you know you have invested sweat, you have invested lifetime, you have invested, you have sacrificed something maybe about yourself. And then, well, something comes out that uh, you can be proud of. And it is the same structure when it comes to physical transformation and also physical development. If you want to build up something that is sustainable, that is really bringing you long time benefits, then it is at the moment my observation that these things never come or cannot come if you get them just like within 24 hours or within one week or even within one month. No. These things need to develop. You need to go through a process. And this process oftentimes involves to go over your comfort zone. To take it as a principle of your own life. The only way how you can grow mentally or physically is by integrating to always practice yourself one step beyond your comfort zone. You don't need to stay there too long, but sometimes you need to use this approach. You need to step out of the comfort zone and then you go back where you feel comfortable. Next day, go out of your comfort zone, then return back to where you feel comfortable. And you repeat this process so often until one day you will realize what in the beginning has been very, very uncomfortable to you now has started to become comfortable. But at the same time, uh, it means that you have grown, you have already expanded. Where you felt pain before, now you don't feel the pain anymore. Where you before could only stretch 20 centimeters, now you can only do 10 centimeters more. So it is very, very natural that in the moment where your mind or your body starts to expand, the expansion happens because you have went over your comfort zone and you have crossed that limit what is restricting you. So if you only do things that you feel comfortable with, only do things, take care of things and stay inside the circle, just because you feel comfortable in there, you are missing a really, really great part about what this life still has to offer you. And therefore, in the martial arts, this is why martial art practitioners, many of them have really, really good foundation because their relation to physical pain, for example, is just a different one. Because it's, yes, it's painful, but yeah, pain is pain. Pain is not death yet. Yeah? It's not killing you yet. It's just a way of 
signaling of the body, which is very uncomfortable, but it's possible to learn to deal with it. And once you have overcome a certain threshold, then it also doesn't come anymore. And this is why sometimes we say you walk through the valley of pain, which is the Kung Fu training. And after you crossed this valley of pain, many, many things that you will encounter in this lifetime, they are okay. Yeah, they, are, they are okay, but they are nothing that would now somehow stop you from proceeding. There may be a small obstacle, but it's an obstacle where you know about yourself. Yeah, my mind is still stronger than this obstacle there. And so you just keep going. And one day you have also overcome that obstacle. That's a wonderful lesson. And not just on the physical level, moving out of our comfort zone and making those sacrifices is something not just applied to how we can transform ourselves physically, but also how we can transform our systems to be in greater harmony with nature. So I know your monastery is in the mountains and it's all around you. Yes, so I consider that yeah, our lifetime, you and me talking right now over here, the people that are listening right now, yeah, well, in 100 years, nobody of us is, uh, <laughs> is here on the earth anymore, yes? So that means when it comes to the individual, it's always just a question of time until you will be forgotten. And this is why it is so important that there is something that in our tradition we say there is something because it's not an individual, it cannot be lost. And this is when you are investing a part of your time, a part of your lifetime in trying to add something to the spirit, what is existing in this world. Sometimes you call it, it's the zeitgeist, or sometimes you call it, it's the consciousness about our earth. So that means always ask yourself, how can you, with the way how you think, with the work that you do, with the way how you are behaving, with the actions that you're doing, how can you add a piece of spirit? How can you contribute to the spirit that is going to remain even after your individual death? Yeah, even if that sounds very terrible, but this is exactly what it's about. You can contribute something to this earth that this earth will always thank you for and where you will always be a part of it. And that one is the spirit that you are putting into this lifetime. And therefore, this is something I would like to encourage people to do. So what you think is missing in nowadays world, if you think it is missing the respect amongst each other. It is missing the thankfulness amongst each other. It is missing the loyalty amongst the people. Well, then don't wait for these things to come somewhere or pop up from the sky because it's not going to happen. But you must be the one who is giving the contribution that what you think is missing in this world. You are the one who takes the initiative and contributed. So true. We learned from you what the amazing physical feats the Shaolin can do. 
And that can be exercised in many different domains. But you would think, the mind would think, no, that's impossible. But it is possible. Thank you, Master Shi Heng Yi, for sharing your insights and ancient wisdom so that we too may live in greater harmony with nature, tapping into our creativity and limitless possibilities, and to lead lives of meaning and purpose. We all live on one planet we call home. Thank you for sharing your journey and adding your voice to the Creative Process and One Planet podcast. The Creative Process Podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews Producer on this podcast was Anna Iselli. Digital Media Coordinator is Phoebe Browse. Wintertime was composed by Nicholas Anadolis and performed by the Athenian Trio. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you would like to get involved with our creative community, exhibitions, podcasts, or to submit your creative works for review, just drop us a line at team at creativeprocess.info. Thanks for listening.